a listener production. Kickpod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast, the Yulukut Wulang clan of the Boomerang, who are a part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickpod, your DNM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. One, two, Hello. Hello there. So today we are interviewing Ryan Shelton, mm. who you may know, you would know if you listen to The Imperfects, which is a podcast that we recommend highly. Probably once a month at least. Yes. A fantastic podcast. Ryan is one of the hosts with founder of the Resilience Project, Hugh Van Kylenberg, who yes. we have had on the podcast. Who you are a big, big, big fan of. A big fan to yes. the point that I have done three, but every time cried and snotted. Yeah. And... I won't do that today. No, oh, you're sounding a bit nasal. I nasally. wonder if Ryan will do that to me as well. Wow. We shall see. We shall is see. On. I feel a bit nervous because wow. I, it is a fantastic podcast. It is all about vulnerability, yes. which we love, how open. And also, we do also need to get Josh on soon too, if he wants to, of course. Yeah, He's but then, the third host. <laughs> So what? true. No, well, no, is, sorry. He's not the third the host. He's one of the hosts. Yes. This is the thing when, when you speak to a co of something, right? <laughs> because I feel like if Will and Woody are listening yes. to this, Woody will be like, all right, so where's my call up? Because it's always the, so we the also, pun. Yes. Which is, in that our friendship duo. is me. It's like, they'll get Steph and then they'll say, <laughs> oh, there's Laura. Oh, there's another one, Shut isn't there? The up. other one. Steph and the other one. Anyway, oh. anyway, anyway, back to this. So Ryan is a comedian, podcast host, obviously, actor, TV personality, radio presenter. You may have seen him on Rove mm-hmm. live. Way back when. Yes, yes, exactly. He's really funny. He's and so he's, creative. Also really open with what he shares. Super rare as a comedian. Exactly right. And also I think too is, it's something that I love so much about the Imperfects podcast. There is a lot of toxic masculinity in a lot of the media. Mm -hmm. And so to see three men sit down and open up their hearts is really, it's really interesting because I say that and it's like, well, that's something that women do all the time. So it's not like we should... You know, no, have a is, different bar, but yeah. it is it is really nice, yeah. nice to see, and they do incredible work. And so today, what we really wanted to speak about was jealousy and how that can play in your life and in your friendships. And we're going to talk about the decision on whether or not to have kids because that's something that Ryan mm. has been really open about, and it's something that we speak about all the time. Mm. And we finished with the hilarity house, yes, which is a surprise for the end. <laughs> Ryan, welcome. Thank you, Laura. I promise not to snot on you. Oh, okay. Well, don't call it too soon. A promise is a promise, and I hate it when people break promises. So okay, well, I will keep try my... your best. Thank you. Yeah. I will. Can you like make it, maybe put a bit of background to that? Yeah, some context. <laughs> bit yeah, context. Some snot text. So lovely. we're just talking before. So you're Hugh, because I don't want to say I have a professional crush on Hugh and not you, because yeah. the, sounds like you've already the, said it. <laughs> the Imperfects podcast is not. It's not the same without Hugh, without you, or without Josh. You're right. Thank you. However. Hugh's the best. Hugh probably has the most. I can say this because yeah. I'm not a Hugh in my life, okay? Yeah. Hugh what? has the most. Um, Cachet. 
abs. <laughs> no, I would say he's oh very well known. The most known? Yes. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Is well, yeah, I guess so. Probably in different circles. Different ways. Yeah, yeah. In the comedic scene? No. No, absolutely you. not. You, you. are. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, but I know what you mean. I mean, I've, <laughs> I spent most of my career working with Hamish and Andy, so I definitely know what you <laughs> <The> mean. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, um, and the reason I can tell it is because... For a while, oh, I think I'm people dying. know I'm my really name. Dying. People know my name now, but for a while, it was like it's Steph and the other one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. me. That's me. No, no, anyway, I relate to that. So I want to say I might have a professional crush on you too. Okay, but I don't if I play say- my cards right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you do a good job, I could have a professional crush on you. Is that what you mean? <laughs> if no, you make me snort I already today. do because I, I, I do. It's just a bit weird to say that like while we're in such an intimate setting, but I do have a professional crush on you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Laura. So you might, as, as I do on Hugh, which is why I've been snotting, so I might snot for you, I might not. So snotting for someone is like a... It's a positive like, thing. It's a positive that thing. Is, yeah. It's a show of respect in Accolades. your culture. Yeah, you <laughs> in kick culture, snotting on someone is very good. Yeah, it is very good. Oh, my God. Okay, so we shall see what path this journey takes us on today. I'm going to okay. definitely change the path of conversation. <laughs> that, Mandy, you don't mind. Mandy We're is looking roll. at us like, Laura, you are... This is a car crash, Steph. Well, I'm going to jump right in. Because jump in. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with snot. But it is something. <laughs> okay. I'm really only prepared for snot-based questions. But give it your best shot. We'll try and improvise. It's not about that. Um, no, it is about the fact that you are using a flip phone. You were taking it right back to 2004. And I oh. love your reasonings why. But can you tell us how life has been? Using Just as phone? you said that, I thought I haven't put my phone on silence. So Ooh. I will use this Yay, as an opportunity to, to show you. Um, wow. So, yeah, I am using a flip phone. Mm. Um, I'll just turn this down. So Great. that has buttons for silent and okay. not. Okay. Yes. What, what do you mean has What's buttons? It, it's a, I've watched, because you've transitioned, you went from a Nokia to a... Yes. So I um, yes. I originally had a, you know, I was an iPhone lover. Yes. Had one since I was like in the first queues when iPhones first came out. I was literally lining up at 6 a.m. at the Apple shop or the Telstra shop or whatever mm. to get the first iPhones. Love Apple. And yeah, about... Oh, probably years ago now, I started realizing that the phone is using me um, <laughs> as opposed to the other way around. And and I was like, I really want to do something about that. And I'd done lots of research, watched a lot of YouTube videos from people who have tried to, you know, use a dumb phone, as they're called, for like 30 days or whatever. And I did buy a dumb phone, another one. Uh, it was too hard. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't do it. Went back. And only last year I finally, because the thing that kind of tipped me over the edge is last year I went to Europe and was in these beautiful places and I would find myself scrolling mm. through shit and uh, when I'm sitting on like this beach. And I was like, this is insane. Mm. <laughs> this is truly insane now. And so I just did proper research and found this sort of way to do it. So I got a flip phone, uh, which was a Nokia and wasn't really working for me. It was not a great phone, um, surprisingly, <laughs> the 2720. And then but recently found this new one, which is made by an Australian company actually called Opal. It's the, for anyone interested, it's the 4G touch flip. Mm. Sounds um, really, sounds cooler than it appeared when you finished out of your <laughs> Well, it depends on what your definition of call is. Yes. But I, I really, really love it. And I do call it, uh, as I do on the podcast on The Imperfects, but... I call it my smug phone because mm. when I use it, there's an insane amount of smugness yeah. that I feel when people look at me. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, which is tough to say out loud, but it's true. <laughs> and it's also, I feel like Gen Zs. Oh, they'd love that. Which I I think you might just fall a little bit on the cusp of. Mm. It's too confronting to try yeah, that, to so, figure that out. Yeah, I don't know. so we won't go there. But what I, is I the, think what is, what's the, how does it work? Just I think so you have to be like twenty four. It's nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety six. I think nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. You're or above or above or like two thousand. Hang on, how old do you think I am? <laughs> what the fuck? Nineteen ninety six. I think she's just being kind. So what? What? Basically, you're not a Gen. I just didn't want to just say it because yeah, yeah, I yeah. wanted you to be like, yeah, I'm not a Gen Z. So I didn't want to tell you. Below 19, what would be just <laughs> hypothetically Gen Y earlier than that? Maybe be? Boomer. No. I'm not a fucking <laughs> Boomer, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> no, I think it is Gen Y. Gen Y. Gen, Gen Y. Y. Yeah. Gen Y. But yeah. the Gen yeah. Zs have started using the flip phones. Oh it's yeah, very cool. I knew that. Yes. So that's that's what I, it is. It is cool. Yeah. And it's it. No, I have I have heard that a lot of people are kind of like. Mm going backwards in that way. Bring it back. Bring it back. But I don't know why they're doing it. They're, are they just doing it because it's like a fad thing? Yes, I think so. So you did okay. it for your mental health. You did yes. it for important reasons. Which I'd like to revert back to. Yeah, away from these that generations. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, <laughs> now that we know that apology. I'm 62, let's, <laughs> let's get back to mental health. So you mentioned that the catalyst for it was when you were away. Was it? Because I feel like this is something that I relate to very much mm. in mm. My relationship. I'm not sure, Steph, if you're the I, same. You don't need to always say that. We maybe tell each other everything. Yeah, yeah, it you is. You can definitely speak to me. <laughs> so, Dalton, my husband, and I. A lot of our work is content, right? Mm-hmm. So we are on our phones a lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. I have to say, absolutely acknowledge it's not always productive time on the phones, right? You yes. get stuck in the scrolling dooms. Mm. But my biggest argument with my husband mm. is the time that I spend on my phone. Mm. And I know I, I, he'll be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm working. And then I'll be like, I'm on, I'm scrolling. But isn't it, isn't it for not. you like a fine line between working well, and scrolling? Well, it is. And I think yeah. that's, what, that's what's really hard, extent, right? Yes. That's yeah. what's really hard. And especially with TikTok, it's like another platform now oh, yeah. that TikTok, we... Jesus. Trying to stay on the trends with. Exactly yeah. right. So it's, just, it's just a lot of content, of right? So it's, it's our biggest argument at home. And I think now I probably couldn't, with how much we content we post and produce, mm-hmm. I don't think we could change. I wonder I say that, you probably, you always could, right? But it was, it is one of the hardest things on my marriage is mm. my phone use. Was it affecting your relationship or it was more so yourself? Like it was full self-awareness. It was, yeah, it wasn't affecting my relationship because it wasn't that bad. It was more just myself. It, I just could see it in myself and then mm. I was seeing other people. It's like once you become aware of it, mm. I mean, everyone's aware of it, but once once you become conscious of it all the time I just couldn't help but see mm, everyone I else doing agree. it and I was like I don't want to be that and you're like oh god look, that's what I look like mm. when I'm just like sitting in this beautiful place or even just at home and I'm just like mm. and I do it now all now that I'm fully off my phone or the smartphone I see it all the time this is where the smugness creeps in um and I just and I and I go like oh god that's what I was like that. And I still am like that because I'm still scrolling on my iPad when I get home. Like I'm still, I still have that. Mm. But in everyday life, um, it's gone as far as like during the day. And, um, and now I notice it so much more. Mm. And I think that was a big part of motivating me to stop it was because I was like looking at people going like, uh, not in a judgmental way, just in like, oh, that's what I look like. And I was like, I don't want, okay I don't want to spend that much time doing that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so powerful. And I think too, for me, what where I have tried to apply it is when I catch up with any friends, if mm. I'm with uh, my, t- I need to get better with my husband, but mm-hmm. in any other group environment, mm. unless it's during the day work and it's like yeah. we're doing stuff on our phones. Mm. If I go to a friend's house or dinner, I put my phone 
I will get into the house, I put the phone on the, I don't know, on the bench, and then I won't know where it is for three hours. Yeah, But so in good. that environment, if you do notice people on their phones, which is like with no judgment because I used to do it, but mm. it is, you're like, oh, my you God, you're not it. here with me. Mm. You know, we're, we're, this is, we don't get a lot of time with our friends, right? So yeah. it's like you're spending half in, in another world almost. Yeah. So if you do that with your friends, so what stops you from doing it with yes. your husband? Oh, he's going to kill me. <laughs> he's just going to repeat this. Well, well I mean, Every night do you, now. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to answer. It's probably a bit personal, but um. I think it's because we have more time together. Yeah, so it's less mm. sacred. I think. Look, you take advantage of your partner. We all do. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But it's, mm. it, we do. It's interesting because we have more time together. Because technically, I spend every night with him, but we both work pretty late, and then we get off working, and yeah. then we'll choose to sit. Well, I will choose to sit and mm. edit a video or post yeah. something or mm. w- whatever it might be. Yeah. And so it's that, that would be why. But what I think I need to do is say, okay, I'm going to edit for half an hour. Mm. And then after that, I'm going to go off my phone. Yeah. And my version of it is like my need and want to work. Like I love my work. Mm. And so I'm always wanting to work. And so that was the thing that really last year in, in my relationship, that was a really, really hard thing. It wasn't necessarily the phone, but it was more just like work in general. Mm that whole thing of like taking your partner for granted is totally what I was doing. So this year I've got like really strict rules for myself because while of course my partner was suffering and she was hating it because we were not really getting any quality time mm. together, during the pandemic, while everyone was like not working, I didn't have a day off mm. for like I had maybe Jam, my partner, she said, she said, you know, you've only had one day of no work in two years. And I was like, that can't be true. That's ridiculous. And she's like, it's true. And because it wasn't like I was working all day every day, I'd mm. just go and like... Do bits here and there. Bits here and there and bit of an edit. And I was busy, but I enjoyed the busyness so much. And it was like a... I guess it was probably like a drug or something. Where something I was just to like, do. Something to do. And I, was, and I was achieving things. And I was like, you know, they're things that I'm good at. So it feels good. Uh, and then, yeah. And if you don't do it, no one's going to do it. Like the stuff that I was doing, which was just me on my own. So I was like, I, if I don't do it, no one will do it. So I felt this pressure. But then I take jam for granted because I'm like, well, she'll be there. Like, we'll see yeah. each other tonight. We'll have dinner together. But during dinner, I'm like telling her about this idea that I'm going to do. And then I like straight after dinner, I run back down to the studio to like edit till three in the morning or whatever. Mm. <laughs> and it was just like that for years. And, and so, yeah, so now I've got like strict rules on days that I work and days that I don't work and it's it's working so far. You can always do more. You can always do more and I think that's the hardest thing. It's like with us. It's like with content. You can always create more content. Yeah. You can always, I don't know, read more about the industry that we're in and research more and, and do more and I think yeah. that's what I've had to come to. This is what Dalton and I, my husband, we've had all the time and come to terms with is mm. that there is always, it's like there's always going to be people with more than you or less than you. There's always mm. going to be more work that you can do. Mm. So even if I work the full night mm. and then go to bed, I still could have done more, right? Yeah. So I need, what we're trying to work through together is like, okay, knowing that there's always going to be more that you can do, mm-hmm. where can you draw mm. a line? Yeah. But it is, it's really hard. But then you could say, you could also say, and I'm talking to myself here as well, but you could also say, but there's, you can always do more with your relationship. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. So you can, like, there's, there's both, like, it's, it's a terrible comparison because a relationship is so much more important. People are so much more important than jobs and work, but we don't treat them as more important. We often treat people as, like, we take them for granted, whether it be family or partners, because they love us unconditionally mm-hmm. and we know that they'll stick around, whereas our work and our 
the people following us on social Less media or listeners are like, yeah, but if I don't do enough, they'll leave. Like our, the listeners don't love us unconditionally. I'm sure some of your listeners do love you unconditionally. <laughs> but the fear is that if you don't do enough, yeah. they'll disappear and you'll fail. Whereas with your partner, hopefully you're in a relationship where you're like, I don't need to work on this because you're just going to stick around. I trust that you will. You love me. The hard truth. Yeah. And then also, with I think when you think about work, it's like, what is, when you get to the top, would that actually bring you what you think it would anyway? No, it won't. It, well, according to like everything I know about like ego, the thing that you desire, whether it be lots of money or 10 billion followers on Instagram or the number one podcast in the world, it's a proven fact mm. that if you get those things, you, you'll be happy for, I think, the, I think the amount of time is 48 hours. I think it's something like that. Like mm. you'll feel the, the happiness and rewards for 48 hours, but then it's like, what next? Like it doesn't actually make you happy forever. It gives you a little boost and it's a good bonus, but it doesn't give you the true happiness like community and stuff does. One of your episodes you did with Libby Trickett, I, it mm. stuck with me. I can't remember what age. She was in her young 20s mm. and she was the best in the world. Yeah, yeah. And when she said that, it was like, wow, like if you are the best at what you can do and mm. what you've dedicated your whole life to in mm. your early 20s, what is next? Because the way that we are told that life should be and mm. how we should live is we should always keep going to be the best. Yeah. But in Libby's instance, she already did it. And she yeah. had, you know, I mean, I always think people live to 100. That's what I always... That's how I yeah. always calculate people's lives. So just say she has she had 77 years to go, whatever it might yes. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she'd already done what really we're told our purpose should be. I know. I know. But it's but the thing the thing that I kind of learned a few years ago now was not to focus on the it's sort of like process versus product. Mm. And so like the mm. product being like being number one or getting the best job or whatever, like that's the product. But the product won't make you happy. What will make you happy is the process to get there because that is your life. Mm. The product is a fleeting thing that happens for a day or even a month, 10 minutes, whatever. But if, you're, if you don't make the process leading up to that the best it can be, then what's the, what's the point? Mm. The process is your life. The process is the seven years you worked really hard to get the good product. You don't want to have a shit process for a good product mm. because that's however many years of your life. I think, I think it was Gretchen Rubin. I read her book. What I think it's called the happiness project or something years ago. And I learned that and that completely changed the way that I approach all my comedy stuff. It became purely about like, okay, because I grew up desperately wanting unconsciously, but desperately mm. wanting to have my own TV show and be this like super funny, respected, loved person. And while I still want that, if I don't get it, it doesn't matter because the process, I, I know that I can at least control, more often than not, control the process. Mm. And it's like, if I'm working with people I love and I've got a good balance and the, the things we're doing are really fun, it's like, well, that's like, aim for the best process. Don't aim for the best product. If you get the best process, the product's going to be fine. Mm. It's probably going to be pretty good. Like if you guys doing this are having the fucking time of your lives and that's what you focus on, it's going to come through. Like people will, people will notice, I reckon at least. That's mm. my experience at least, yeah. It is. It's like deprogramming yeah, that is. mindset I know. that we are forced into. And I think too when you grow up, it's like being on TV is like the, 
Like, I'm not surprised that that was what you thought as, or even was subconsciously success, because that was was like what you want to do when you grow up. Well, if you want to be successful, you've got to be on TV. Mm. But there's so many other ways, mm. obviously, to do that. Yeah. And and unfortunately, like you say, like the, what we've been taught is that success is the thing that you get. Success is the award that you get on stage. Mm. It's the recognition it's the you end. receive. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's the thing that you can tell your parents, look what I did. Mm. And that's success. But actually, what, what I've realized as I get older, you know, into my early 60s, um, 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 it's the boomer, yeah. Yeah, it's the boomer. Yeah, I was one day like riding my penny farthing to work. I was like, you know what? Um, Did you need your license for that? Uh, no, actually. Yeah, they just let anyone run. It was pretty wild back then. Yeah, I mean, you could get a no, drink at the saloon and yeah. it was pretty, yeah, everything was in black and white. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, so, yeah, so, but I realized that like our success is not, true success is not the, the award. Mm. Um, true success is not like making your parents proud. Like that's good and great. And I spent a lot of years trying to do that and continue to. Um, but true success is having a life that you get really excited about waking up for mm. every day. Like that is like, not everyone can have that, unfortunately, but that's the thing to aspire to. Yeah. Even if not everyone can see it. Like the the result, the, the the impact it has on you, the impact it's had on me just day to day, I think I'm happier, but I think I'm also better from other people in my life as well. It's so, it's so true, isn't it? And I think the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing like people who inspire me aren't necessarily those that are incredibly successful in career sense, right? If that's what we're going to kind of um, aim for in success. But one of those people being my mum, for example, has always been incredibly content in her job. She's never really wanted to strive to mm. get to a higher level or anything like that. She doesn't love her job, but she doesn't hate it. Um, but she prioritizes like family time yeah. and all these other things that bring her joy. Still obviously works her butt off. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, why are you retiring? Like mm. I see how hard she works. But um, it's like she's had this content life and I inspi- she's so inspiring in that way to me that I want to be her level of happiness and the way that she is with the people around her and all that. That's what inspires me. But it's taken time and years of driving to like, I don't know, get more followers, like work with this client for us now at Kick, like, you know, reach more people and help them live a healthy life. And that's still a goal for us. But also as a part of that process and that journey is the fact that we're helping people every day through the Kick app and like Mm. making sure that that's celebrated Mm. and appreciated along the way. So I think it is something that unfortunately, as you get older, you have these realizations. But I mean, if anyone can have it earlier, it's just, I feel like you would save so much time and energy of like not striving for like perfection or this certain thing in life and actually appreciating things along the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes think about, and again, I'm no, I, I haven't done enough research or I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know just anything. So everyone knows. But, um, <laughs> but like, I wonder what would happen if we removed grades from school. Mm. Like, if there was no My grades. grades were shocking, so I would be so would be, for yeah, that. Yeah, same. I would love that. <laughs> but I wonder if it would, if it would happen, like, I, my first thought is like, well, people might say, Kids won't try as hard if they're not trying to get a good grade. Mm. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that could be one reason why not. But I wonder what would happen like to kids. Like it would be an interesting experiment to have kids go through whole mm. schooling with no grades, no winners and losers, and just like working and learning and just 
being friends. Um, I wonder how that would affect you going forward. Because as it is, we get out of school and we're trying to like achieve mm-hmm. things. But on top of that, we're also asking other people, oh, how, how's work going? Or mm-hmm. how's, um, you know, if someone says like, how's the podcast going? I heard it's going, I heard you got in top 10. That's really good. Never is the question about like, is it, I mean, very rarely is like, are you having fun? Doing yeah. It? Like very rarely do people ask that because it's really hard to measure fun. It's like, who cares? But to go, oh no, he's, it's going really well. Like, you know, he won the um, blah, blah, blah award or mm. he, he got a Logie. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. so that's impressive. And that's what we then aspire to because yeah. we see the excitement that other people get from your, or my parents get. And my parents are great. Like, they're very supportive of everything I do. But still, of course, like anyone, they're getting more excited when big Just things happen. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So another thing we wanted to chat to you about was an episode you did recently around your thoughts on having kids. Mm. And I think it's something that, I mean, we've spoken a lot about it, but it's also at the same time this taboo topic that if you aren't, it's kind of like it's coming back to to societal norms. It's like this this is a successful life. You go to school, you get your ATAR, you get your good ATAR, you get into university, you, you get into the good course, you get a job. You get married, you get a own dog. a house, yeah, you have a dog, you have a child. Yeah. And then that is a successful life, then right? You're the According Sims. to yeah. <laughs> it's the game of and life. And then Steph will drown you in the pool. Yeah. That's what she did. Oh, you're a drowner. Yeah. Uh, I was an avid Sims player. I tried oh. all the things, but drowning was my You liked drowning people way. in the Sims. Uh, yeah. mainly her ex boyfriends to name them and then Wow. <laughs> wow. What an insight. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. That's great. If I remember one thing from this interview. <laughs> Don't get on my bad side. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. From the Sims life. Yeah. It's like the, the recipe almost to life. Yeah. It's like, here's how you have a successful life. And if one you cup of this. Totally. And if you don't have that, you need to have your like strong reasons why. Yes. You know, like you mm-hmm. can't be in between. Mm-hmm. Well, almost with Apparently. kids, it's like when, when someone, and I've had to think about this mm. to myself mm. a lot. When someone says they don't want to have kids, it's, automatically you go, well, why? What, mm. what happened? Mm. What? And it's like, mm. if someone says, I want to have kids, you don't say, well, why? Why do you want to have these <laughs> no. little things running around you, you know? Yeah. We wanted to chat to you about it because I think yeah. what you said was so great and it's a conversation we need to have more of. Yeah, it's just something like, you know, my partner and I, we've been together for like seven years and, and it's, it's clearly, it's the big question that kind of keeps bubbling around and it's, it's, it's sort of a, we don't know if we can even have kids. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, we don't even, haven't even got to that point yet. Yeah. So, but as far as like making a choice, it seems like just this really huge decision that because I'm not, I'm not someone who's like grown up thinking, can't wait to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Like I've just, it just never comes into my mind. Like I just don't, I don't see myself in that life. It just doesn't you know, when I visualize my future, I don't, I don't see a kid. Mm. Whereas like I have friends who are like, can't wait to be a dad. Mm. Like Hugh and Josh, it's like, they're just like, it was no question. It was like, yeah, of course, of course have children. But for me, I've just always been like, I don't know. Uh, it seems like a pretty big life change it is. <laughs> to just introduce a, another person mm. that relies upon you. And yeah, so now we're getting to this point where we're like, okay, well, getting close to D-Day, you know, you've got to choose. You've got to make a choice. And either way, either choice is a risk. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like, like 
I can only go off anecdotal evidence, which is people saying, it's the best thing you'll ever do. Oh my God. And I believe <laughs> these people, like, why would they lie? It makes sense. Like, I'm sure it's beautiful. I do love kids. Most kids. Um, <laughs> and, and some are annoying. Some are, yeah. But like that's, and, and, then, and then people say like, yeah, but don't base it off that because it's only once you have your own kids, then mm. that's true love. And the, so the thing that kind of like trips me up when I think about not having kids is like, okay, well, you're giving up on experiencing what people describe as the greatest thing you'll ever do. But I'm like, how can it be? Uh, how can I know though for sure? Mm. I'm someone who like, I really need to know for sure that it'll be the best thing I'll ever mm. do. Because all I can judge it on right now is all the things that I currently love that I'll have to give up. Yep. Or cut down on or... Or what you have to do, like go to the swimming pool on... Yeah, sit, stand Saturday at the morning park. at nine. Yeah. And stand at the... So I often walk past the park and see a kid's party at 9am on a Sunday. And I think that is truly my worst nightmare. Mm. Having to wake up to go and stand in a park when it's raining. Yeah. And watch kids. Like I, and I love... I, I do love kids, right? I really love them. But there's things like that. Yeah. But that, that is one of those examples that until you're in it, I don't think you can... I don't want to go grasp. to bounce. This but once bounce. you see your kids' joy... Yeah. In how it fulfills them, then you can be bothered. That's the thing. And there's days when you can't be bothered going to the park or you'll sit on your phone while they're at the park. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm. There is times when you genuinely still have that mindset. No, no doubt about it. But that's the thing, I think, as you said before, it's so, I know for sure, I didn't know how good aspects of it until I was actually in it, right? Mm. So it is that really tough decision. However, it doesn't, like, even if you don't know that, it do, it's not for everyone. And I think the idea of you speaking so openly about this and like releasing a bit of that taboo is what's so important. It's not something that you should just willy-nilly get into. Mm -hmm. Parenting is a huge thing. Bringing another child into the world is a huge thing. It should, you should have important conversations like this where you genuinely really think about it because I think there would be a lot of people who just kind of get into it because they think mm. that's the next step in life. Yeah. And it makes them super unhappy. Yeah. I'm fairly sure that I'm in the camp of like, I don't think it's for me. But then there's the niggling thought in the back of my mind going like, yeah, but what if it is? Mm. And you don't know it until you actually experience it. Because I also know people who, like men mainly, who didn't want mm. kids and then now they do have them, they love it, mm. of course, because they love their children. So currently I'm like right in the thick of it. So yeah. it's like I'm still going through mm. trying to figure out what to do. And, and then some people have given like really amazing advice and some people have said like, you'll probably never know for sure. Like, which is shit advice. Which is, yeah, <laughs> but, but it's, it's true. <laughs> it's kind of comforting in a way that it's like, oh, yeah, that's true. Like, it may be one of those few things. You just don't know. You just don't ever know what yeah. was the right thing to do. But then those same people do also say, you're never going to regret it. If you have a kid, you're not going to regret it. Mm. Like, I can't, I mean, I'm, maybe there are people who do, but I certainly haven't come across people who regret it. So, yeah, I'm currently going through this. And I think, I think it, I mean, it's something we've spoken a lot about, but I think for me, it's kind of working through that. I, I, one thing I know for certain is that if I, because it's coming back to kind of what we spoke about this whole podcast, for me, work is a lot of my identity. Mm. And so I know 100% that if the time comes and mm. I know that I chose work over mm. having, you know, and it affects down the track, I yep. think I will have so much resent in my heart mm. that I don't know how I would work through that. Yeah. And so it's kind of just trying to navigate but I think it that's is. because you can see yourself as a mum. 
Yes, but that's right. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. But yeah, it's, it is it is very hard. And I think especially for a lot of our listeners, kind of in the predominantly between 20 and 30 mm. um, and predominantly women, it is a time when you go from, oh my God, watch out. Like you better use 85 things of protection because you get so worried about having kids. Yeah. To then all of us, it's almost like there's like a minute in between that and oh, I really have to start thinking right now because, yeah. you know, at one time, part, they, they classify over 35 as a geriatric pregnancy. Which is crazy Insane. in terms of, you know, our biological clocks. Mm. And I do feel like there it's not there's not this like period that you think there will be where you have all this time. Yeah. It's like you blink and it's like, oh shit, this is this is a totally different side of now. this yeah. thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so to finish off, you probably don't know we did this, but with you, we know that you have your vulnerability house and yep. you have these bluey cards. They're the vulnerability, the vulnerability house. house. Do you want to explain it? Why am I explaining oh, your no. podcast? Yeah, well, it's the vulnerability <laughs> house is like a format that we have on our podcast on the Imperfects. And a guest comes in usually and we have a deck of, well, they're bluey cards because Hugh was tasked to make cards and he didn't and he forgot. And on the morning of it, he just grabbed his son's bluey cards <laughs> and we just write on post-it notes <laughs> on the bluey cards. Anyway, sort of a red herring. Um <laughs> Stack of cards, and on each card is written a question that is supposed to win, sort of evoke some sort of vulnerability in you. And so the guest chooses three cards, and then they have the opportunity to answer the question on one of those cards if they feel comfortable. So that's and then we get a story from the from the guest, and they are vulnerable in some way. And we drink tea. Mm. We have water today and coffee. Tea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the coffee. Oh, vulnerability coffee house. <laughs> and it's actually called the hilarity house here. Oh, good. <laughs> So, anyway. so I have to be hilarious? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. That's going to be really hard for you. It will be. On, on. So here's the cards. Okay. So you read them out and then you can choose one. I think you actually, he actually answered all of them with three really, stories each. Yeah. But um, then he told us we couldn't share two of them. So just choose one. Yes. One is fine. One is, one is fine. Okay, so I've got three cards here. I'll read them out as I open them. Okay, so first card says, what has been your most awkward celebrity encounter? Is that like me meeting a celebrity? Yes, yeah. oh, oh, you could do it the other way around. Oh, me being the yeah, celebrity? Either. God, not too many of those. <laughs> um, worst time you've put your foot in it? Mm. These are great. And the third one says, what have you done in your sleep? <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird question written like that, isn't it? The, the immediate thing that comes to mind, something I've never done, but... Anyway, <laughs> okay. Well, when I I used to sleepwalk when I was a when I was a kid. So, it's, well, when I was a really young kid, I had you know night terrors. Yeah, yeah. I did too. Did you run around screaming? No, I would oh. sit up in bed and and point at something and speak in gibberish, screaming. Oh, well, I <laughs> I I would get up and just like I would oh. run around like, and when my parents were still up, so they were like still in the living yeah. room. It would have been eight o'clock or whatever, <laughs> and they're watching. I don't know, Northern Exposure, the show that you guys won't remember. Um, no, my parents were up watching The Bill. Oh, The Bill. Yeah. yeah, perfect. So, and I would get up and I would run around on the couch and the chairs screaming, like oh. like haunting. How old were you? Ah, it's usually like four or something. Yeah, so you're it's like usually when you're quite a young kid. Yeah. It'd be quite terrifying, to be honest, if you yeah. ever get like that. Oh, God, no. Yeah, they said it. They said it was really scary. So I used to do that. But then when I was a bit older, probably would have been about nine or ten or something, and we used to go to Coolum, you know, up mm -hmm. in Queensland on holidays. And there was this hotel we stayed in when we went up there. And the 
the hotel room. It was like my mum and my dad and my sister and my sister and I would sleep in one bedroom and mum and dad in the other bedroom. And the door was one of those doors that when you close it behind you, it locks automatically. And outside of that, it was one of those ones where the outside of the room, you're outside. So there's like a, a long um, balcony hallway of doors to other hotel rooms, but you're literally outside mm. when you go out the door of the room. So I slept, walked, and I went out the door and was like walking down. And the weirdest thing I remember, still asleep, is I was walking down and this guy was like peering through his door from a, <laughs> like someone I didn't know, just like watching me, like walking as this like kid at like, I don't know, whatever time it was, just walking like down, like what a weird thing to see, like this kid walking. So I walk all the way, I get to the elevator and I operate the elevator. I go down to the ground floor till I'm on the street. And then when I get to the street, that I'm is like, terrifying. I'm, then I'm like, then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I, I was sleepwalking. So then I go all the way back up and I'm like knocking on the door to try and get up and it took like 10, 15 minutes till I finally got let back in and went back to sleep. That's, ter- as a parent, terrifying. 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 I mean, I'll check with my girlfriend before you can air this. <laughs> but she used to, and only for a short time, she used to sleep eat. Ah, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. So she would go and like she would, she would get like rice cakes mm. and cover them with honey. Oh my God, she fully like would make herself She would a meal. make a full meal and then she would like hold the <laughs> things like this lying down and she would wake up with honey dripping down <laughs> her, her arms. And then she'd get up, she'd, in the morning, there's all this food out that she's been like eating and preparing. And yeah, it only happened for a couple of years. But yeah, that's my non-hilarious answer to <laughs> the was, hilarity <laughs> question. <laughs> that kind of funny. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's not the kind of... Funny Laura's holding house. you up to a pedestal. Sorry about that. No, no, that's all right. No, it's, <laughs> I'm really bad at coming up with those things on the spot. That was for some reason. It was funny. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. It's thank terrifying you. for me. Yeah. yeah, true. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. Oh, pleasure. No, guys, thanks so much for having me on. I mean, I, oh, the other thing, I love your pasta. Oh, thank you. Thanks. The, uh, I was at the supermarket. Which one would I have been in? Coles. Coles. I was at Coles and... Went in there, and this was at a time where my girlfriend, she, we, we, we started like an anti-inflammatory diet. Mm. And so we, were, we loved pasta, but we weren't eating like classic pasta pasta. And then I saw this, and I forget what the ingredients are in it, but it's like... There's one, it's like, it's one, it's, it depends on the pasta you buy. It's like either um, chickpea or yeah. green pea. One of those. corn or lentil. So delicious. <laughs> anyway, so I bought it and we were eating it. And it was just, and we bought it a couple of times. And then I, and then it kind of clicked. I was like, oh. That's that's them. It's the same. They're the same people. And I felt like I was supporting you, but it was like true support because Aww. it wasn't like doing it because, you know, like wanted to support you guys. I mean, I wanted to support you guys, but it was like that looked good on the shelf, grabbed it, truly liked it, and then realized that it was you guys. So thank you for making those oh, products. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for existing. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure. I joke, I joke, right, but Pleasure. seriously, thank you for your podcast and all the work. Yeah. No, that, thank that you guys you for existing we, yeah. too. Thanks so much for existing. <laughs> Steph, thanks for existing. <laughs> you're I'm serious. You're we do love it and you're, you're doing wonderful work. So oh, thanks, thank guys. you. And if people want more from you, obviously they can find you on the Imperfects. the Imperfects podcast. You're also doing a live tour. Yeah, we're doing a live stage show, The Imperfects, and me, Hugh and Josh, hitting the road. Never really done anything like this before. So essentially the vibe of the podcast but in some sort of ramshackle variety show that is currently being worked out, but 
yeah, there's a few things that I'm really excited about doing, which I will not tell right now. <laughs> I love it. Left us hanging. And you can get the tickets. At, are there still yep. tickets available? Yep. LiveNation.com.au. You can get tickets. The Imperfects. Fantastic. Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for existing. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you would like to get involved, email us a voice memo. We would love that to podcast at keepitcleaner.com.au. And if you want to find out more about Kick or see more of us, you can check us out on socials at laura.henshaw at Steph Clesmith on Instagram. And if you'd like to follow us on TikTok, our handle is Kick. That's K-I-C. You can also download the Kick app from the Apple or Google Play Store and check out more about Kick at keepitcleaner.com. We'll be back on Monday. Bye.